Up and at him, E-Town. Don't forget, because it is so true. Anything is possible, and make sure to put your best foot forward. We, we're, we're certainly all in this together. It's a great day to be a wild kid. Hi, I'm Nora Miller, and welcome to Kit Chat. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Zachary Bahar. Zach, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm pretty good. You know, the cold weather is a little surprising, but it's nothing new considering we're in the Midwest. Yeah, that is true. Um, I, like, it's still, it's still nice enough out. You can still go out in a t-shirt, kind of. I kind of want to introduce uh, what this episode is going to be like in contrast to our previous yes. episode. Yeah. So as our listeners may or may not know, we are the executive editors of the Evanstonian, uh, ETHS's school newspaper, which comes out once a month. And so when that issue comes out, we want to do a podcast episode that reflects what's happening in that issue. Some of the stories we're talking about, some of the issues being covered. But in these other episodes, these episodes in between issues, we kind of just want to talk about things that we find interesting and that we think ETHS students should care about and listen to. So for our first episode today, we are going to be talking about the ever-elusive Friday song known to every ETHS student and some topic Nora pick. Okay, let's um, start talking about the Friday song then. The Friday song for is something that every student who's been to ETHS should know about. Um, however, that certainly does not apply to our current freshmen who have unfortunately missed out on the start of this great tradition. Nora, do you wanna like kind of introduce what the song is? The Friday song is a song chosen by the staff every school year that plays on our loudspeaker every Friday during the third passing period of our school day. This song is intended to provide a sense of community between our students and just kind of add a little fun to our Fridays. One thing that has been true is that this, the origins of the song have always been kept a mystery. Um, student activities director Nicole Boyd actually said in an interview with the Evansonian a few years ago that they want to keep it a mystery, the origins and how songs are picked. Only thing that ultimately the student activities department is responsible. However, through some deep investigative work, I have discovered the real origins of the Friday song. Wow. Completely true origins of the Friday song. <laughs> Do you want to share with everyone what I would love what to. the secret is? The secret recipe to the Friday song is? I would love to. So strap in your seatbelts and let me tell you a story. When the world was unformed and void, darkness hovered over the surface of the deep. And there was one who sat above in shadow. From their view, this chaos of the world was rendered whole and in their deep slumber music awoke. In dreams that would tear universes not, the one sang a song sweet and soft, lovely to hear yet revealing pain, suffering, and unnumbered tears. For ages uncounted, the melody waxed and waned, and as it grew, chaos was dispelled. The earth was wrought from this music. Lastly, the one awoke, and in a chord that rent the heavens asunder, 
the music was finished and humanity begot him. Beneath the innumerable stars, they sought meaning, finding in the dark places of the world an echo of the song of creation. From these first children came a line stretching out of the depths of time to the present. With them came a record of their ancestors' discovery. And even now, as the dominion of man diminishes the wonders of the world, they sing, their voices reverberating throughout the halls of their homes, ETHS among them. Anyway, here are our thoughts on what makes a great Friday song, and here are our rankings of the Friday songs for the past four years. <laughs> Zach, do you want to start? Absolutely. The Friday songs for the past four years have been, in, in chronological order, the Friday songs for the last four years have been You Gotta Be by Desri, I Can't Wait by New Shoes, The Middle by Jimmy Eat World, and Follow Me by Ali Us. My rankings of these songs are The Middle, You Gotta Be, I Can't Wait, and then lastly, Follow Me. What are yours, Nora? For me, my first ranking is the same with The Middle, then I Can't Wait, You Gotta Be, and finally, Follow Me. I think Follow Me is at the end um, for me and maybe you too, just because we don't get to hear it every Friday on the loudspeaker and I don't really have any memories tied to it. Yeah. And the thing is like, whenever we're, whenever I'm ranking music, I'm not a music critic. I can't talk about the lyrics or the melody or the rhythm. I, I honestly couldn't tell you what two of those things are in difference to each other. <laughs> what I do know is like, when you listen to that same piece of music over and over and over again, even if you start hating it, you eventually love it. Exactly. Um, and you just have, you know, I can remember how we would listen to You Gotta Be in My Freshman Bio class every time, you know, I walked into Miss Woods's class. So it's memories like those that I think really make the Friday song what it is. Yeah. And I think we all have some memory of that. Um, like I also, I also had bio going into third period. I was leaving bio as a freshman. And like, I would always walk through the hallways and talk to a friend about ridiculous things and about what we were doing and about what our weekend plans were, like while that music was playing. Um, exactly, exactly. And like when I'm thinking about how I put together my rankings, it's ranking those memories essentially. Like last year I had, like I, as I was a junior, as the middle was playing, I would always walk from my A-push class to my English class with two of my best friends. And like, that's something like you can't replicate like so many other things in this online environment. Exactly. Well, everyone, I hope you enjoyed our discussion about the Friday song. Um, please share like your own personal rankings of the Friday songs. They're all great songs. Um, and some of the ones from the past 20, nope. Yeah, 28 years are also really good. Um, so my highlights as I'm scrolling down the list are Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson from 2014. I love that song. Wow. Yeah. Um, Somewhere Over the Rainbow um, in 2002. Yeah, those are two of my favorites. Off the but there's a long list, many of which are good. Yep. And you can find that list on ETHS website. Um, they have a whole page dedicated to it and um, hyperlinked all of the 
songs throughout the past 28 years. Wait, Nora, I thought you were a vegan. What do you mean? Yeah, I am. So, so for our listeners, obviously we're an audio only podcast, but I can clearly see Nora drinking a glass of milk. Very non-vegan. Zachary, come on. It's oat milk. Not How regular does milk. That work? You, you go to the store and then you milk plants or something? You would you would think that. Um, but actually um, oh, wait, wait, wait. okay, let me let me try again. Let me try again. Okay, okay. So okay. you went to the store, you bought oatmeal, you put it in a blender, <laughs> and you add some waters and some thickeners, and then you got this disgusting oat milk mix. Um this delicious beverage called oat milk. Okay, so why you... would you get into that over all the other very attractive, very hot vegan trends that everyone's trying. By contrast to other alternative milks, oat milk has a lot of benefits that almond milk and um, stuff like soy milk doesn't have. Additionally, it is more cost effective than almond milk um, by 30 cents. You know, that's a lot. You know, it adds up. So just a few of the ways why I think, you know, oat milk is a pretty, a pretty good alternative milk choice. Also, I wanted to bring in the point that these alternative milks, whether it be oat milk, um, soy milk, a lot of them actually have some sustainability benefits um, in contrast to cow's milk. Zach, what do you think about that? Okay, so like, first of all, milk is for babies. Anyone past the age of maybe three, at most five or six, doesn't need to be drinking milk. We are evolutionary designed to not need to drink milk. That's why 65% of the human population is lactose intolerant. Only weirdos, mostly in Europe and North America apparently, can drink milk. Why do we need these alternative milks if you're not supposed to be drinking milk anyway? You know, I've actually brought in one of uh, my friends and also someone who has been our food critic for the past issue. She also works at a coffee shop, Dopio. She's here to talk about why oat milk is um, honestly a really great um, invention by some of the milk engineers that have you know, created it. So I'm here to introduce you to Josie McCartney, our food critic and senior at ETHS. Hello, Josie. Hello, everyone. I am definitely no expert, but I can say I'm a big fan of oat milk. It tastes great. I think it tastes like the most comparable to normal milk. And Nora, you're definitely not a weirdo for drinking plant milk because it has great benefits for your, um, your health compared to milk. And it foams really great for coffee. So I think it's a wonderful substitute. Hi, Josie. Great to have you on. <laughs> Still doesn't answer my question. Why do we even need alternative milks? I don't drink milk. And even, look, the only place I can think milk is maybe acceptable. Dairy, products, cheese, that's fine. But I don't, I don't think anyone sits down with a glass of milk and says, I want to drink this. At most, you need it for something like coffee. And even there, I just drink coffee black. You just need milk to cool it down, I think. To temper it. Yeah, that is an interesting point. But I have a little bit of a contradiction. You know, these alternative milks, they are perfect ingredients for lots of our everyday food items. You know, I 
found an infographic from Shape Magazine um, that these alternative milks serve for different purposes um, uh, like of your life. So for example, rice milk, you know, a very niche type of milk is really good for cereal and um, it has a kind of medium rich flavor. Um, another example is, you know, almond milk is really good if you're kind of low on calcium, but you're like me, maybe you don't drink milk um, or cow's milk. This is a great alternative. I think, you know, milk is important in our lives. You know, maybe you don't need it plain, but it's something, there are a lot of alternative ways to get it. For a lot of people who do like to drink coffee, um, they don't want their coffee black, and there's not really any other liquid you can put into coffee besides water to make it taste less strong. So um, plant milks are really uh, an important substitute for people who can't drink milk um, because of lactose intolerance or don't want to because of like their diet restrictions or whatever. So we're not talking about coffee here. That that point's un, unimportant. My coffee habits are my <laughs> Nor I agree that dairy is very important. Okay. I agree that dairy is very important in the American diet, but not milk. So like for example, cheeses. Everyone loves a good cheese. Uh, Nora, your your present company excluded, apparently. But for example, plant milks cannot be turned into cheeses. They lack whey and chiasin, I think is how it's pronounced. Um, which are the proteins that hold together cheese um, and that give milk its structure. So like, how can you make these products that are essential with these alternative milk? That is a really great question. But the question I would ask um, in response to that is, you know, do we really need cheese then? Is it really that important? Zach, I have a question for you. Do you like cereal? I mean, I'll eat it, but I'll also just eat it dry, like as a nice snacking food. Oh, that's terrible. Or Josie, like, so maybe I am in the minority of eating cereal dry, dry, but you know, you can also put water in and then you just don't have the milk taste. Plenty of people do that too. And you know, I would honestly say to all of our listeners out there who are, you know, are honestly up for the challenge of discovering new milk or a new way to have cereal, coffee, a smoothie, yogurt, mm. try oat milk. Because I found a fact, I found some research from the New York Times that almonds require over six times as much water um, as oats do to make the, their milk. I think, you know, the switch over to oat milk is honestly not a bad choice. Just because we are always looking to become more sustainable, I think the only Although Zach has posed a lot of interesting points, I think the only real negative that oat milk poses is sometimes it can be unreasonably expensive. And I don't know if Zach, you have anything, or Josie, you have anything to say about that, but it's something I've really found. I do agree that it's like very good that there are alternative milks that are good for the climate, because that is important. Mm -hmm. And they can be cheaper if you... Um make it at home hating on oh make it at home yeah i think i might have interrupted zach there but um oats are pretty cheap if you just get them like dry and you can blend them up with some water and make a lot of oat milk for cheap that's what i originally thought oat milk was 
<laughs> yeah. Um, you are too far. So I might not wholeheartedly support oat milk, but I do have some other, just because I don't all generally support milk in general, but I do have some alternative milks that people should also be willing to try. Let's hear Can it. I share an aura? Of okay. course. So obviously none of these are vegan. Just going to put that out there. So obviously we have the classic milk. We have cow milk, sheep milk, and goat milk. Very traditional across the world. Then let's add yak, reindeer, water buffalo, elk, and horse milk. Um, water buffalo <laughs> milk is actually the basis of mozzarella. So anyone who likes a nice real mozzarella is made of water buffalo milk. Um, then I'll also throw in the fattiest milk in the world. This is 60% fat, the milk of the hooded seal. Um, so you might have to go kill some seals, I guess. But delicious 60% fat milk. <laughs> um, and then if you're okay with potentially wiping out a species, the least fatty milk in the world is the black rhino's milk at 0.2% fat. Again, critically endangered. But I'm sure it tastes delicious. It's very watery. So my thoughts. Wonderful. I am so impressed. Everyone should know this. If you're listening, I am vegan and I just want to put that out there. And another time, you know, it might get annoying me saying it, but you know, maybe this will help you get to know me a little better. Just, you know, for the record. So vegan-ish. But I really don't drink milk ever, and I am intrigued by, Zach, your um, alternative milk ideas. I kind of want to try these. The seal milk um, could be interesting. Well, Josie, this is a conversation that never ends. Um, and, you know, for all of our listeners, if you ever want to chat, you can always reach out to me, not Zach, me. Um, about alternative milk. Um, but yeah, we just want to thank you so much, Josie, for coming on today and talking to us. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and for our listeners, make sure to check out the To Go With Joe column in the Evanstonian. This is the conclusion of our episode today, but I just want to remind you all that for any Evanston student, there is a challenge to take a picture of your mask and share it with the community. Um, this is called the Behind the Mask Challenge for every Evanston student who wants to get involved. Um, entries can include art installations, TikToks, spoken word, poems, creative writing about your mask, and then all entries will be accepted um, from September 28th to October 26th. Um, and if you have any more questions about this, um, contact Evanston C, the number two C at gmail.com. And just to let you all know, prizes will include gift cards, gift baskets um, from Evanston businesses. Yeah, sounds like a great way to get people to create art and to create other things that are promoting being safe during a pandemic. Um, thank you so much for listening to our second episode of the Kit Chat Podcast. Thanks to Josie McCartney and our producer, John Phillips. In addition, we want to thank Oliver Leopold and the ETHS Marching Band for recording our introduction, and Dr. Kamasi Hill and CJ Singletary for creating our outro music. 
Yes, thank you all so much. We'll talk to you all soon. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye.